we're going to examine one of the key foundational distinctives that make Walloon Lake Community Church who we are, that make East Jordan Community Church who we are at core. So locate with me on your phone or in your Bible, Acts chapter 8. Let's dig in and study. This is a key core value that we as a church, we must never drift from. We, we can never stray from this core value. We're going to start with verse 26, Acts chapter 8. We're going to read down through verse 39. If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud together. Here we go. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that go down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in this story that you've preserved for us. You've given us an historical account for our benefit, and I'm praying, Lord, that each of us today might learn from what you we've just read and declared out loud together. Thank you for the example of Philip. Thank you that he was willing to go, willing to listen to your still small voice, willing to share about your son Jesus as you gave him the opportunity. Lord, my prayer even right now is that we might be willing to follow Philip's example. Lord, would you help us to begin to notice the people around us the people that you put in our path who are hungry 
to hear about your son Jesus. Lord, I pray that you might give us the courage and the faith to open up our mouths and open up your word with them. We pause like we do most every Sunday right now, Lord, and we drink streams of living water. We uh, invite your spirit, Lord, to come and take charge and have freedom today in your church. Would you speak and nudge and teach and correct each and every one of us? Rebuke as that's needed as well. May both the power of your word and the power of your spirit have permission to move in and shape our hearts and our minds and our souls and our wills as you see fit individually. Come and do a work and do a work corporately as your church. And all the church family gathered at Walloon Lake said with one joyful voice, be seated. You can be seated. Let's review what we just read. Historical account, Dr. Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, records for us in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Here we go. Angel of the Lord shows up to Philip, one of the seven deacons. If you go to Acts 6, you can write that down. You can look it up later. The deacons were chosen to take care of the widows. There was so much going on that the apostles couldn't take care of everything. They appointed seven deacons. Philip was one of the deacons appointed to take care of the widows. So the Lord, uh, through his angel, says, Hey, Philip, get up and go. I know you're in Samaria, but I want you to go 50, 60 miles I want you to go to Gaza, to this unknown, fairly generic, desolate area. I want you to just get up and go. <laughs> Lots of reasons why Philip might have said, uh, I'm not sure I want to go 50, 60 miles to some desolate reason, uh, region. Excuse me, I, I'm too hot, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, you need to understand there was good things happening in Samaria. There was revival. And now the Lord says, I want you to get up, Philip, and I want you to go. Uh, he could have said, no, I, I'm, I'm too busy. There's good things happening right here. I got a headache. I, I, I don't feel well. Lots of reasons, excuses why he could have declined the message. Verse 27, just notice, but Philip started out on his way. He, he was willing to listen to the voice of the Lord. And secondly, once he heard what the Lord wanted him to do, he was willing to be obedient to the clear message the Lord had delivered him. So here's my question. Could you hear the Lord this next week if he wanted to speak to you? If the still small voice of the Lord wanted to nudge and whisper to you, could he cut through the clutter and the noise and the rush of your life? Would you be able to hear him if he wanted to talk to you? Second question, would you obey? What he tells you to do, would you be obedient to the clear message that the Lord would deliver you? That's, that's huge. Could, he, could you even hear it? 
And secondly, would you obey? Verse 27, so Philip started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace or Candyke, the queen of the Ethiopians. This was the queen's banker, tracking, the minister of finance of Ethiopia, a little bit like Joseph when he was uh, the great uh, second in charge for the Pharaoh. This was a man of great power and influence. You understand? Okay. Uh, why is he called a eunuch? Okay, PG-13, he had his sexual organs removed. Why would they do that? A uh, couple thoughts. Uh, usually people who wanted to plot and kill the king or the queen wanted to do so so that their ancestors could now be the king and the queen and in the royal line. So that just took that away. No children. And also they found that there was no distractions. They, they were hard workers. They could work 70, 80 hours a week, and there was no family to worry about. This was probably true for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as well. Uh, likely eunuchs, and I'm just telling you, that was the way it was done back in biblical times. Harsh, mean, cruel, yes, but that's exactly what it was like back in those days. Verse 27, this man, the Ethiopian eunuch, had gone to Jerusalem. Why? To worship. Verse 28, and on his way back home, he's heading back to northern Africa. He was sitting in his chariot and he's reading the prophet Isaiah. He's reading from a scroll Please understand, scrolls in this time were rare, they were expensive, they were handwritten, so very few people could afford to actually have their own copy. This, this man was wealthy, and one of the things that his wealth bought was he had his own scroll of the prophet Isaiah. This man was hungry for truth. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was searching to know the God of the Bible. Now, let's just think with this for a moment. He had gone to Jerusalem, likely to worship at a feast or a festival, and now he's headed home, and he's still hungry for truth. He, he's, he's still searching and yearning to know the God of the Bible. And now he's on the side of the road, and he's headed back home, and he's still reading and digging in and studying for himself. Why? He wants to know the God of Israel. He, he wants to know this Messiah of the Jews. And here's the point. Are you ready? Listen, you and I work with people like this man. You and I, we live next door to people just like this man. We go to school. We live next door. We have relatives. We have friends who are hungry just like this Ethiopian eunuch. People who have a hole in their soul and it needs to be filled. And they're filling that hole with all sorts of foolish things. And we know the only thing that's going to satisfy, the, the, only, the only thing that can fill that hole and be complete 
is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They're digging in dry wells, seeking the answer. And listen, we know the answer. We know what will satisfy, that will fill up that hole completely for all of eternity. Now, Philip approaches the chariot, verse 29. Notice how he engages this important official. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So he's still listening. Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Just a thought, it's a great way to read God's word out loud. Okay, So a lot of times we're, we're reading, no, I don't want to read out loud. That's like, no, that's really a great way to not only uh, read it, but remember it is when you read it out loud. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asks him. Verse 31, how can I? He said, I don't have anybody to explain it to me. I don't have a preacher. I don't have a friend who will explain it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. I love the fact that Philip both listens and obeys what the Lord had whispered to him. He listens and he obeys, and now he has this tremendous opportunity and here's my question. Are you ready? Who around you might the Lord be whispering for you to talk to about Jesus? Who, who around you might the Lord be asking you to be looking for that opportunity to speak up and be ready to respond to questions that they might have about Jesus and his word? And uh, exactly what was he reading? If you have your Bible, go to Isaiah 53 or turn there on your phone. Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8 is what the Ethiopian eunuch was reading in Isaiah. I just want you to see, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing things going on there in Isaiah 53. This just happened to be what he's reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now, it's clear to us, is it not? Who is this passage talking about? You tell me. Who is this passage talking about? Say it loud. It's talking about Jesus. Isaiah 53 has Jesus written all over it. Matter of fact, it's so clear that the Jewish calendar of readings, give me your eyes, uh, doesn't include Isaiah 53. They say it's too confusing. <laughs> uh, I, I would argue, no, it's not too confusing, it's too convicting. The reason you don't want to put that in your readings is you might ask too many questions and you might just wind up leading people straight to Jesus. Too much Jesus here. Verse 34, then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who's the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Answer, someone else. Isaiah is not talking about Isaiah. Uh, then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture, Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8, and told him the good news about Jesus. 
Verse 35, I just want you to understand, that's the key core value that we must never drift from. We must never get away from, this, this is what we are as a church at core. We want to open up God's word, the Bible, and tell people about Jesus Christ. That, that's the value. That's who we are. Walloon Lake Community Church, what do you stand for? Let's open up God's word and show Jesus. Declare, proclaim Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be about as the church family. We open up God's word and we point people to Jesus Christ. That's who we are. That's what we're called to do. We, we teach and we preach and we open up the book. And, and I just want you to know that's what we're all about. Why is that? Because the key central figure of the Bible, next slide, Daniel, is who? Okay? The key central figure of the Bible, what does the Old Testament point towards? It points towards Jesus and the cross. And what does the New Testament all point at? It points at Jesus and the cross. The key, core, central person of the Bible is Jesus Christ. He's the bullseye, if you will, of, of all Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books. And I'm happy to report that's been the bullseye of Walloon Lake Community Church for decades and decades, going back to Pastor Ward and Pastor Asseltine and Pastor Bob. It's verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. That's what Pastor Jason is committed to over at the East Jordan location. We're going to point people to Jesus Christ. Open up God's Word, look at one passage, and then point people to Jesus Christ. Here's, here's what we've been doing uh, 25 plus years since I've been around. There's people like this Ethiopian eunuch all over northern Michigan. Did you know that? People around you, around me, and they're, they're hungry and they're searching for truth. They need answers that are only found in God's word that always points to Jesus. Now, there's lots of reasons why Philip could have ducked this encounter, right? Let's just think, why could he have said, I, I don't think I want to go, I don't want to sit in the chariot here. Uh, I, I think there's lots of reasons he could have used to justify not talking to the Ethiopian eunuch. There were racial differences. He was Greek. This man was from northern Africa. There were religious differences. Uh, Philip was a Jew. This guy was a Gentile. There was vocational differences. Um, he was an evangelist. This guy is the queen's money man. I don't have any business chatting with him. Socioeconomic issues, uh, differences. Philip was a poor. He was an itinerant evangelist. This guy is rich and powerful and influential. Physical differences, think about it. Uh, Philip's been out there running all over the desert. He's hot. He's sweaty. Uh, this Ethiopian eunuch would have been in a clean silk robe and turban, dressed in the finest the world had to offer. Not to mention, uh, what are the, 
this guy's guards going to think about Philip running up alongside? They might think he's a robber or, or someone who's going to do the, the Ethiopian eunuch harm. He could have had a bad response to this guy running alongside the chariot. But here's what you need to know. Philip overcame all of his excuses. And I'm just telling you, we're really good at excuses, aren't we? Well, well, I would. I'd talk about Jesus, but, but I, I, I've got this, this. And I just want you to know, Philip is our example to overcoming all of the excuses, all the reasons why not to share about Jesus Christ. Let's, uh, let's look at a few things we can learn from Philip. Okay, Myron? Is that okay? What, what are some things? So you got, you got a blank spot. What can we learn from Philip regarding sharing Jesus with the people around us. So you're here, you might as well take a note, might as well remember, okay? First of all, Philip shows sensitivity to the message that he was given, okay? He, he, was, he was very sensitive in listening, listening and paying attention to what the Lord prompted him to get involved with. When the angel speaks, verse 26, and later when the Holy Spirit speaks, verse 29, Philip is willing to be interrupted. And I think that's a huge part of why we don't get interrupted much, because we're really not willing to be interrupted. And I'm, I'm really not listening to the whispers and the prompts and the nudges that the Lord might have for me to engage in conversation. Bluntly, we're just too busy. I got the tunes cranked up too loudly I got I got to move on to my next thing. I've got no margin in my life. Simplify series. So how on earth am I going to have time to be interrupted to talk to somebody about Jesus? Second thing we learn from Philip's encounter here, he was patient and tactful with the Ethiopian eunuch. This this important official was not ambushed with the Romans road or four spiritual laws. Instead, listen, this is huge. Uh, how can I share Jesus? He just simply asks him a question. Hey, do you understand what you're reading? There, there's, no, there's no pre-programmed answers. Just ask him a question. Hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, no, I really don't. Nobody's here to explain it to me. Would, would you come up here and, and share? Again, and he listens, and he's careful, and he's tactful, and he's not rude. Never offensive. I, I can just say, I can look back dozens of times where I just went on the attack with people, and I just smashed into them. Instead, Philip listens, and he answers, and he takes the man right where he's at spiritually. That's a huge thing for us. Just, just be yourself and listen and ask questions. Hey, do you understand? And listen to the answer. Third thing we should learn from Philip's encounter is that he's precise and focused on talking about Jesus Christ. In other words, when you're talking with someone who doesn't know Jesus, verse 35, begin with where that person's at and then make a straight line to Jesus Christ. The answer that they need is Jesus and the gospel. 
And I just want you to know, it's so easy to get sidetracked. And now I'm talking to someone, and suddenly now we're talking about the weather, we're talking about golf, we're talking about how awful the tigers are, we're talking, just keep going, and suddenly now we're not talking about them and where they're at spiritually, we get sidetracked. Make a straight beeline to Jesus, okay? Take, take, because that's what the Bible is all about. Take, make a direct path to Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb. The fourth thing we can learn from Philip regarding this, uh, this situation, verses 36 to 38, um, he invites the eunuch to make a decision to say yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord, Okay? So, how many of you like to fish? Can I see your hands? Okay? Now, let's say you get this amazing fish, and you've hooked him, and you get him close. Does it count if you get him close, but you never land him? And I just want you to know... Most of us, when we hear your fish stories about what a great fish you had, if you never land him, if we never see the picture of you with that fish, you ready? It doesn't count, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I, I landed a, an eight-footer the other day uh, on the Bear River. Yeah, you did. Where's the picture? It doesn't count, right? It doesn't count. I'm just saying, if you don't land the fish as a fisher of men, if you don't do your best to pull it in and land the fish, really? Really? My point is, Philip just didn't get him close to the boat. He lands the fish. He pulls the, the net in, if you will. He actually says, would you like to become a follower of Jesus? Okay? Not just getting him close to the boat. Would you like to believe? Would you like to receive this Jesus that Isaiah 53 is talking about as Savior and Lord? And we're going to talk about what the gospel is all about. How do you land the fish? We're going to conclude our message today by showing you how you can land a fish. Okay? How to get the gospel net out and actually bring the fish into the boat. So he's done now, right? Nothing more to do. Notice, he's, he's not done. Look at verses 38 and 39. It's pretty cool. Uh, the, the eunuch says, hey, uh, I've heard something about this baptism, and they just happen to, to go by water. And, and he says, is there any reason why I couldn't go get baptized, like right now? And that's exactly what happened. Look, look at verses 38 and 39. It's really hard not to see immersion here. He gave orders, stop the chariot. Both Philip and the eunuch went what? Say it with me. Down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, it's really hard not to see somebody getting baptized here. And I would even argue it was baptized by immersion. So I could stand right now and throw rocks at everybody who doesn't do it the way we do it. Give me your eyes. But I was just reminded, um, not too long ago, I was with uh, a person, and we'll just need, keep this. Uh, they were far too sick to go down under the water. 
but they wanted to make that declaration that I love Jesus and I'm going to live for him and serve him with all that I have for all the rest of my days. And as I recall, that person five days later went to be with Jesus. So again, I just want you to know, uh, at that point, it really wasn't the method. I wasn't all concerned, well, you've got to go down in Walloon Lake or it doesn't count. So, so we got some water and we poured it over this person's head and we said, now you follow Jesus. And for five days, they, uh, they lived strong. They wanted everybody to know. Again, the method is not the important thing. What's, what's the importance? The heart of the person that wants to follow Jesus, okay? 2011, we did a series in the book of Acts. Do you remember? What what was the title? Anybody remember? See, this is uh, testing your memory. Anybody remember what we called that series through the book of Acts? We went from September all the way to May, and we called that series Go. Go. The command of the resurrected Jesus is for us, the church, to Go. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And while you're going, share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced, are you ready? The Lord loves it when his church prays bold prayers. Like, hey Lord, I think I want to follow the example of of Philip. I, I think I would like to have you interrupt me and use me to share Jesus with people you put in my path. Tracking? I I think the Lord loves it when we're willing to say, you know what? Use me. I'm willing. Bring me an opportunity in this next week ahead. So here's my question. I know this is a, a bold question I'm about to ask, but would you be willing to say, Lord, bring somebody in my path this next week who wants to know more? They're hungry. They're, they're ready to respond. And, and you interrupt me, Lord, and you speak and nudge and whisper and prompt. And Lord, then help me to graciously, lovingly, politely take and point them to Jesus. <laughs> so usually I, I say, shut your eyes. <laughs> and nobody look around and, and would you be willing. But instead, I'm, I'm going to do it just kind of the opposite. Look around right now, because this is good. This is bold. Lord, here's the example. It's given for us to follow. Um, How many of you would say, Lord, uh, if you bring somebody in my path this next week, use me. Can I see see some hands? Okay. Now now here's what I, hold your hand up. Look around, because the people right next to you, they need you to be praying. And you look at them and say, right now, I'm going to hold you to this. Go ahead, tell them. I'm holding you to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm going to ask you, did, did, did the Lord bring anybody your way? Yeah, okay, so if, if, that, if that bar is a little high, I'll, I'll give you one more. Maybe this is a little lower, but I think it still requires boldness. How many of you would say, I'm going to pray and look for somebody around me that I can invite to the pig roast barn party? See, that, that, that's like... The second level there, you actually doing it, or I'm going to bring somebody, and, and I know we're going to have good music, and we're going to have good food, and they're going to hear about the best news ever. 
But I, th- I, think I, could, I think I could clear that hurdle. Can I see some of your hands? I'm, I'm going I'm to do that. I'm going to invite somebody. They may or may not say yes. That's really up to the Lord, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to invite them and let them know I'd love to have them. And, and uh, we're going to see God work. I'm just telling you, <laughs> the Lord's just looking for us to be willing to be interrupted, willing to listen ready to respond. I think he's talking and nudging and whispering and prompting us all the time. Give me your eyes. I just think most of the time we're too busy and it's too loud and I'm too rushed to pay attention. I think he's talking to us all the time just like he was talking to Philip. Will you let him interrupt you this next week? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. Lord, Thank you for your book. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharp. Lord, uh, we praise you that uh, it tells us things that we wouldn't know. It gives us examples that we need. And I want to pray for my friends who just boldly shot up their hand and said, Lord, uh, use me. Interrupt me. Nudge me. Lord, would you help us uh, this next week to be watching and listening and alert? And Lord, help us to find a path to take these folks to the king of the universe, your son, Jesus. He's the one that's filled up that hole in our hearts, that hole in our soul. Help us to point them to the cross and in the empty tomb. And uh, now as we close, we're going to work our way through the gospel out loud together, okay? So uh, why would you do that, Pastor Jeff? Well, here's why. We reaffirm the facts that made us a follower of Jesus. Okay, so we're reaffirming. How did we become a follower of Jesus, a Christian born again? It's, It's the facts of the gospel that are believed and received. Second reason we're going to do that, it's going to remind us how can we bring, as a fisher of men, how can we bring people into a relationship with Christ? It's these facts. It's the gospel. It's the cross. It's the empty tomb. So if you're going to be an effective fisher of men, you've got to know these facts. And, And finally, there might be somebody here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're religious, maybe you come to church some, but you've never crossed the bridge to eternal life and said, yes, Jesus, I believe and I receive. Okay? So that's why we're going to do it. So uh, here are the gospel facts. I want to invite you. You don't, you don't need to have your eyes shut, or if you want to, you can keep your eyes shut. That's okay. But these are the facts of the gospel. And let's declare them out loud. Jesus, I believe. You are the sinless Lamb of God. And Jesus, I believe that you alone are qualified to take my place on the cross. And Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my sin problem. And Jesus, I believe, you took my place in the tomb. And Jesus, I believe, 
early on Sunday morning. You didn't stay dead. Because Jesus, I believe, you arose from the dead for me. And right now, Jesus, by faith, I receive you as my Savior and Lord, as my King, as the boss of my life. All the days of my life, no turning back. Did you know those facts are found? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Very simply, the gospel is explained. If you said yes to Jesus for the first time, would you make your way over to the prayer spot? We've got some people there. They'd love to talk to you about that decision. We'll get you a Bible. We'll get you some good stuff. I'll be at the middle doors. You can tell me. We would love to help you get going on your journey with Jesus. Let's stand. Let's call upon the Lord as we close in song.